Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hi, this is Tim Del Toro. And I'm Lou Angel Wolf, and we are the Grease Gurus. Our show is broadcast every Saturday morning live at WTAN 10 Talk Radio 1340. That's 10 o'clock every Saturday morning for an automotive forum that is flavored with humor and insight. We encourage you to call in and be part of the Grease Gurus show. We'd love to have you, and we will certainly help you find your inner grease. This show is sponsored by Tim's Performance Service Center in beautiful Tarpon Springs at 906 Verona Place, and you can reach us personally at 727-543-1601. Aha. I'd like to have an argument, please. Certainly. <laughs> have you been here before? No, this is my first time. I see. Do you want to have uh, the full argument, or were you thinking of taking a course? Well, uh, what would be the cost? Well, yes, it's, fi- it's one pound for a five-minute argument, but only eight pounds for a course of ten. Hmm. Well, I think it's probably best if I start with the one and see how it goes from there, OK? Fine. I'll see who's free at the moment. Uh, Mr. Dubake is free, but he's a little bit conciliatory. Mm. Yes, sir. Try Mr. Barnard, room 12. Thank you. What do you want? (laughs) Well, I was told outside. Don't give me that, you snotty face heap of parrot droppings. (laughs) What? Shut your festering gob, you tit. Your type makes me puke. You vacuous, toffee-nosed, malodorous pervert. I came in here for an argument. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, this is abuse. Oh. <laughs> oh, I see, well, that explains it. Yes. Oh, no, you want 12A next door. I see. Yeah. Sorry. Not at all. No, that's all right. <laughs> Stupid git. <laughs> is this the right one for an argument? I've told you once. <laughs> no, you haven't. Yes, I have. When? Just now. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Didn't. I didn't. I'm telling you I did. You did not. I'm sorry, is this a five-minute argument or the full half hour? (coughs) Oh, oh, just the five-minute one. Fine. (laughs) Thank you. Anyway, I did. You most certainly did not. Now, let's get one thing quite clear. I most definitely told you. You did not. Yes, I did. You did not. Yes, I did. Didn't. Yes, I did. Didn't. Yes, I did. No, this is an argument. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. It's just contradiction. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It is not. It is. You're just contradicting me. No, I didn't. Oh, you did. No, 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 no. You did just no, no, now. No, no, nonsense. Oh, look, this is futile. No, it isn't. I came here for a good argument. No, you didn't. You came here for an argument. Well, an argument's not the same as contradiction. Can be. No, it can't. An argument's a connected series of statements to establish a definite proposition. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. It isn't just contradiction. Look, if I argue with you, I must take up a contrary position. But it isn't just saying, no, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. <laughs> Argument's an intellectual process. Contradiction is just the automatic gainsaying of anything the other person says. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Not at all. No, no. I... Thank you. <laughs> what? That's it. Good morning. I was just getting interested. Sorry, the five minutes is up. That was never five minutes just now. I'm afraid it was. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not allowed to argue anymore. What? If you want me to go on arguing, I'll have to pay for another five minutes. But that was never five minutes just now. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm very sorry, but I told you I'm not allowed to argue unless you pay. Oh, all right. There you are. Thank you. Well? Well, what? That was never five minutes just now. No, John, I was not to argue. I just should pay. I just paid. No, you didn't. I did. I did. I did. No, I don't want to argue about that. Well, I'm very sorry, but you didn't pay. Aha! Well, if I didn't pay, why are you arguing? Got you. There you have it. Is that? If you're arguing, I must have paid. Not necessarily. 
could be arguing in my spare time. <laughs> I've had enough of this. There you have it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> hey, this is Jimmy Shine from SoCal Speed Shop and the host of Car Warriors. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. Set the way back machine. Yes, sir, Mr. Peabody. Welcome, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our shows, check out our archive page or our Nostalgic Radio and Cars page, where you can go back and enjoy some of our past 300 and some odd shows that we did. 370-something shows. Anyway, good evening, Tommy. How are you doing? And doing very good post Irma, Robert. <laughs> and we have Alan sitting in next to us. Hey, how y'all doing tonight? Yeah, you know what? We forgot to queue up the. Uh... There, there we go. go. <laughs> very good. He's on the ball. Perfect. And I ordered a rear view glass for the 1800 at the early Jensen rear view mirror. Found a glass on eBay. What brought that up? Because the song reminded me of the Volvo. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, yeah, we got Alan sitting in. And, uh, yeah, well, today's one of those shows that, uh, you know, we're just going to kind of wing it here a little bit because I'm totally discombobulated. Uh, if you tuned in last week, I had my uh, special guest was my son, Bobby. He was hanging in here with us for a while, so that was pretty cool. And uh, so this week he's back in school, and I'm trying to sort things out. We still have... Uh, 75-foot uh, hickory tree laying on my roof and another 60-some-odd-foot one laying right beside it across my patio. So we're still trying to sort that mess out. So needless to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sports fans, race car guys, and all that stuff, uh, it hasn't been a too exciting week, although now we have another hurricane brewing out there somewhere. And, of course, this time they're not doing spaghetti models, are they, Alan? Yeah, they are. They are? Yeah, it shows it going way to the east. Way to the east? Like the Jose one did. Like the Jose one did? Okay, yeah. well, we'll see what but happens. It's, it's going to hammer Puerto Rico. That's going to hammer the Virgin Puerto... Islands. Okay, meanwhile, we got Mother Nature doing some stuff over on the other side of the planet, so she's, what, uh, rattling some of those cracks over there in the uh, western side of the continent, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So California got a little uh, three-what, three-something point Steely jolt. Dan said that. California tumbles into the sea, yeah. <laughs> what do you say? Steely Dan said that. You know, they said California. Yeah. Tumbles into the sea. Come listen to the sea. Tumbles into the sea. Oh, tumbled into what, the what, sea. What, what oh, that's that? a song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's part, lyric? part of the lyric. Yeah. And, Which one? Um, from Asia. From but, Asia? Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm that's not, a later I'm one. I'm not a DJ. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and then um, they got the big earthquake in Nevada's, you know, coastline. Uh, yeah, Nevada and Arizona yeah. will be uh, waterfront properties. Yeah, so we need to go there and start investing. Of course, the, that means Death Valley will be, and there's, and I think it's something like... Uh, 267 feet below sea level, maybe? I'm not sure what it is, but I know it's the well, stretch you're a California from, guy. Right. Well, no, I'm, no, where I was going with this is um, the distance from Reno down to Nevada, I believe... I mean, I believe Vegas. Is, is, or Vegas, yeah, is 800 miles. I'm not sure. That much? I think. Maybe it's not. I well, let's was, put it this way. I it's an it eight, 300 more or less, but who knows? Maybe I'm losing my middle. mind. Okay, let's let's do the math here real quick. I think it's a 8 to 10 hour drive from Vegas to Reno. Okay. Reno, so let's just yeah. average 60 miles an hour. Okay, yeah, and that, divide that. 800 miles, yeah, because you got a lot of mountains and stuff. Too, when, you um, when you get north. Yeah, so let's yeah. just say it's 60 miles an hour and you got... It takes eight hours, six. To, all right, yeah, that's eight times six. That's five hundred miles. Yeah, five yeah. six hundred miles. So it's close. But at any rate, and then of course, uh, south of the American border is uh, there's been two little quakes. There was one what about a week or two ago in Mexico, yeah, and then now ago. we have another one a little further south. I don't know the exact location, but yeah, down by the city. Down by the city. Okay, well they're they're having some fun over there. So. Uh, we don't want to be in their shoes at all. Yeah, God's etch-a-sketches, they say. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, that's interesting is because a hurricane, I guess, you know, we're fortunate in the res- regard that we can kind of 
prepare for. We right. get a kind of heads up. Whereas earthquakes and tornadoes less likely. Yeah, tornado. So, you go holy cow, and you go in the basement. Yeah, an and it's an like earthquake. If you get a heavy earthquake, you got to go outside. Uh, yeah, and it's too real late quick, yeah. at that point. Like real quick, and right. and hopefully your pogo stick is working. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. anyway, so I guess uh, I guess you know living here in a sandbar, which is pretty much what the state of Florida is. Yeah. Uh, on top of limestone. On top of limestone, yeah. So that means it's, it's kind of like you know, if you look out here in the in 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 the, in the bay, you know, there used to be a whole bunch of little miniature little islands out there, and of course they shift, and that's kind of you know what a sandbar does. You know, when tides roll right. back and forth. You get and water, new inlets, you know, and they some of them get closed up. A pass, they call them here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which reminds me, when I moved here in '71, we had this thing called Hurricane Pass. You remember that? That was north of Clearwater, north of Carlowell. No, no, no. Hurricane Pass is Dunedin. Um, beach slash Curlew. Oh, was that Caledesi? That's it. That's uh, Hurricane that, Pass? Yeah, the next one was the one between North Clearwater Beach and, and Caledesi. Was that what, what yeah, was that called? I don't know, but Hurricane Pass is the big well, one. Well, that was, was actually, it was formed by a hurricane and then yeah. closed by one. Well, the, well, the other one, the, the smaller one we're talking about. The small about. one, yeah, exactly. Yeah, North Clearwater Beach. Right, right. Yeah. So we used to swim across that because that's back when Caledesi was a legit island. Now you can walk the whole Clearwater Beach up to Caledesi and. Yeah. You know, so, so on and so on. They changed the name to Caledesi Land. <laughs> is that what it is? Okay. And then, and then, a little history for those of you that are not familiar. Um, actually, you know what? I have another giveaway. So if you want to queue up that thing, we can do that. We'll do another trivial question, but we'll do that after a song. Because yeah. Al and I will come up with a trivial question for somebody. No, 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 not yet, not yet. Just get ready to queue it. Okay, we're doing okay. See, this is fun. We're just kind of winging it. And, uh, you know, um, but at any rate... And somebody might call in. If Bobby T calls in, you know, go ahead and put him through because he's just full of funny. So, and we need some funny tonight. <laughs> uh, not that Alan and I can't handle funny, but, you know, when you put a third party in there, you know, and of course, Charlie might call. So yeah. let Charlie come in. Yeah, Charlie calls here. We can gang up on him. We can gang up on him. Yeah, all three <laughs> of us. And, um, but anyway, um, one of the trivia questions that I had last week was what was the last time that a major hurricane hit the Pinellas County area? and did some serious damage, and there was kind of like a nickname. Okay, well, the answer was 1921, which was correct. And also in 1921, that that hurricane impacted the Tarpon Springs area more right. than any other area, allegedly in the area. Then I found out the other day, I was talking to somebody, and i got to throw this out at you, because yeah. we'll take this to another level, that John's Pass down... It was formed by a hurricane, yeah. Was formed, and that was supposedly one of the passes that was formed in 1921 as well. Mm -hmm. So I did not know that. So that's a bit of trivia there. Now... The other thing that I heard, and I heard it from, I'm not going to say reliable sources, but I'm going to say from uh, a variety of local sources, that one of the reasons why Pinellas County is not, uh, let's just say, seriously, consistently affected by hurricanes is because we are supposedly sitting on top of Indian, Indian burial, burial ground. ground. So you heard yeah. that too? Of course, that's old lore from a million years ago. Yeah. Okay, well, why is it that I've been here for 40-some-odd years, and I'm just now hearing about it? Now, I knew Indians you were don't all talk, over... You don't, Robert, you don't talk to anyone. Of course I do. That's how <laughs> I just found out. But, but here's the deal. You see, it's like the... Uh, we know that the Seminole Indians and a whole bunch of other Indians that I can't even pronounce their Seminole names... Seminole Indians didn't come here. They went down the middle of the state. Did, did well, apparently they migrated over here, too, but they weren't... There was another tribe that was here that's well-known. Oh, the Tumikians or something like something that? Something like that, yeah, okay. right. Uh, uh, as close as I can get. That's close. That's close. You know, okay. I'm not a Rhodes Scholar. <laughs> I'm a Dunedin Scholar. <laughs> you're a Dunedin Scholar. But at any rate, okay, you're right. So then uh, here's the two stories I heard. One. 10,000 years ago with the Indian mounds and the shell mounds and all that. The shell mounds. And yeah. I'm going, all right, so how do these shell mounds? So I said, oh, yeah, well, what the Indians used to do is eat oysters. And throw and, them in a pile. So that's true? Yeah. You've heard that too? It's it's not just heard it. It's in the books. It's in the history books. Is it really? Well, that yeah, part you know, of history, you know the book is it's like a thing with words in it. Yeah, it's got like a binder or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, 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 so where'd you read this? I guess I never really looked up. Is um, it Clearwater, Pinellas County? Well, it's all over, but Pinellas County because Safety Harbor's got one. They call them a midden, also M A D D E N. Oh, really? I think there's one at Weedon Island, and there's one down off of Park Street in St. Pete in the jungle areas. In well, that's Island. what I heard, and that's where yeah. the one mound is. Okay, so yeah. I did not know that. So, you know, here I've been here all 40-some-odd 40 years, years, yeah, and I'm just now learning this. That's kind of yeah. interesting. Because I mean, the, the main road through the, the county is US-19, by the way. The <laughs> yes, 
Uh, also, I this I do recall that the name Clearwater, in its Indian name, I guess it was an Indian name first. Yeah. It translated, it means Clearwater because yeah. there was a whole bunch of these but little. Of course, it was called Clearwater Harbor at first. It was called Clearwater Harbor at first. Okay. Yeah. And there's springs out in the out in the bay. There's freshwater springs coming up, and with the they built like a well around it. And if you're out there in your boat, you just go dip fresh water, just like the big spring off of St. Augustine. For real? Yeah. Uh, no, Tommy, I'm this, I'm do you know any of this stuff? Is this? Yeah, I actually, I've heard most of that stuff. Really? Well, you're yeah. welcome to chime in. Isn't uh, Felipe Park have one of those Indian M- mounds? mounds yeah. yeah. Really? Okay, that's yeah. Safety Harbor, right? Felipe Park? Yeah, so we had the Volvo show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, we probably have something cute. I think it's time to take a radio break or a record break. Yeah, the, the record's or, stuck. The record's stuck. The record's Yeah, let's yeah, see if we can make it skip. Okay. All right. Meanwhile, I'll check my text. Oh, by the way, in case you just tuned in, you tuned into Nostalgic Radio, radio Cars. cars. <laughs> and this is a little uh, Quicksilver Messenger, and that's a San Jose-based band. So fire this baby up. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years experience with classic, vintage, sport, and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsport, 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. Hi, I'm Bruce Cohn, and I'm the manager of the Doobie Brothers, and when I'm in town, I was in the nostalgic radio and cars. Okay, we're back. Yes, thank you, Bruce. And he does when he is in town, although he's based out of Sonoma, California. Now, all right, so here's what we're going to do. Alan and I have collectively come up with a question that will confuse the living daylights out of everybody. So go ahead and fire up that. There we go. There we, okay, we'll do the Alan one. Then. We'll do the Alan one. Okay. Okay, so here's the deal. So we'll now, need to ask it, or you want to do it? Uh, Alan, you can do it. Well, hang on. Okay. Let me set it up. Okay, so here's the deal. And what's the guy's first name? 
Now you tricked me. Okay, so here's the deal. We're gonna, Alan's got a question. He's going to ask everybody. Now, all you have to do is answer the question, and you will win. This is what you're going to win. From our good friends over there at the Napa store on Missouri Avenue, I got a wash bucket with soap, a sponge, and I think it's a uh, some sort of a, a couple of, uh, what do they call those? Those uh, cloths. What are they called? Uh, Sammy? No, 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 no. The, uh, oh. Uh, Armor all uh, cloth? No, no, no. Anyways, a couple cloths. All right. So, okay. <laughs> uh, microfiber. Microfiber. I'll be, I'll be okay. So anyway, so we got one of these. We get now what we're going to start to do from time to time on the radio show here is we're going to ask these questions, and then some of the local stores will give us, let's say, like the little washer detail deals. Like last week, we had a winner for the uh, Garage One deal. I'm probably also going to get some gift certificates from maybe uh, S&M Trucks World if you got a four x four truck, or I might also get some stuff from uh, Gearhead Performance and maybe some other restaurant gift certificates and things of that nature. Okay, so Alan, go ahead and ask the question. Now here's the deal: call in, but you got to call in on the studio line, and the studio line number is seven two seven. 441-3000-727-441-3000. Now, if you won something before, just kind of sit back and listen and let somebody else have an opportunity to win something because, you know, there's only so much to go around and the show's only once a week and we want to make everybody happy and have lots and lots and lots of winners and maybe try to keep this thing going. Okay, so, Alan, the question is, but don't make it too complicated. I okay, know how you yeah, are. I know, yeah, You're no. very intellectual. In fact, you <laughs> stumped me many times. Then I, I know sometimes I can't go research, just like you did on the Indian Mountains. Anyway, <laughs> but this is not an Indian Mountain question. This you, is a car you, question. You wouldn't find this car in an Indian Mountain. You wouldn't find this car in, or in an Indian Mountain either. No, no, no. Okay, no. you got the Allard J2X. What pretty much, what, the, what were the two main engines you could get in them? Now, and set it up because the Allards okay. were like kind of race quasi cars. race cars race that were cars. built back in the early 50s. Right. Yeah. Okay. Allard J2X. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that, the, is that the cycle fendered one? Yeah. Okay. That's, that's the cycle the fendered one. That's, that's the that's, cool looking that's one. That's the coolest looking Allard they ever made. Right. All right. So and it was, what? and that was the series one, wasn't it? The first one? Because uh, they can't came out say. with another one. Okay. Well, now we're confused. In fact, right. it's a J2 might be a clue. That's a clue. Okay. okay. J2 Allard. What were the two? J2X. J2X. What were the two predominant engines in the alley that people put in? That people put in back in the right. day. Two, and they were both American engines. And they were, you know what? And they were both the same cubic engines. And they're both, it's exactly. And wasn't an alley built in Europe? England. England. Okay. And, so, and, and, and a bonus thing here, we'll throw in an extra used sock. Tell me the guy's first name and don't Google this. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, so give us a call here at the studio. Again, the number is 727 441. 3,000, 727, 4, 3,000, or 866-826-1340. The question again is, what two engines were predominantly used in the Allard J2X race car of the early 50s? So that's 51, 52, See, 53. Yeah, it also was a street car, too. It was a street car as yeah, well. That's right. God help you. But okay, yes. got it. <laughs> All right. Now, um, back to, uh, let's do the Florida Car Show Minute. Okay, now we want to do a big shout-out to our good friends over there at FloridaCarshows.com, FLACarshows.com. So if you want to know where all the car shows are, and they are kind of starting to creep up again here. You now Florida's kind of, the dust has settled a little bit. So go to Google, FloridaCarshows.com, and you can find out where all the car shows are. And uh, so this weekend, I believe, is Cars and Coffee, the DuPont Cars and Coffee. So you can Google that, and you can find out where that is. There's not. There's always stuff going on in Orlando. The, we have our usual Thursday night Quaker Steak and Lube, or I call them Goobers and Lubers. And then Friday night you have uh, what's that place down there called? Fifth Burger. Fifth Burger. That's it. Right now, the next weekend is the Clearwater Superboat races, and with a little luck, I'll have some tickets for that. So we'll see how that works out. Next month, one of the big events over in Lakeland is the Mirror Lake Classic. Now that's a really nice concourse and the beauty of that show is it's open to the public nowhere else on the eastern seaboard that i know of will you find a car show with this caliber so in other words downtown lakeland all the streets are lined up with street cars and classic cars muscle cars and and all that kind of cool stuff and vintage motorcycles but out on the lawn around the lake is a full-blown concourse with grade a cars so these are number two number one cars many of them brought down there by collectors all around the country and uh, it's a phenomenal event, and it's uh, courtesy of, let's see, what's that new bank that just opened up on? Mid-Florida, something or other. And it used to be put on by Haycock Insurance, and now they're, uh, they're still indirectly involved with one of the, prom 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 one of the, uh, the uh, prom um, sponsors. Beep, 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 beep. I'll get it straight here. And that's Haycock Classic, Haycock Classic out of Lakeland. So that's where you want to insure your collector car, by the way. And Mid-Florida Federal Credit Union. That's it. Mid-Florida okay. something Federal Union. Okay, now. And then, of course, in November, the big event is SEMA. 
And then also Festivals of Speed is doing a number of events there. They're doing one in October in Atlanta. They're doing one in November in Hallandale Beach in South Florida and the Rich Carlton in December. So check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, and you'll find out where all the major events are that I will probably be attending. And then for all the other car shows that are taking place around the state of Florida, big ones, little ones, all kinds of car shows, check out FloridaCarshows.com, FLACarshows.com. There we go. All right, so now, now that I've run my mouth for a while, um, what else do you want to talk about, Alan? Uh, so you got a new back glass for your Volvo. Why would you need a back glass for the Volvo? Okay, well, I was getting ready for the hurricane. I got my big garage where I keep my cars. You're about the white one outside or the black one inside? Um, the gold wagon I drive. Oh, the gold wagon. You- yeah, which is no beater anyway. So What's it's a beater? Not, That's it's true. not really a, a loss. You know? <laughs> and so anyway. Well, you have no shortage of Volvo 142 and 140. 240. 240. Wait a minute. How much of that stuff interchanges with the 140? Well, a lot of it does, but. Back glass? Oh, uh, yeah. It does? Okay, so yeah, 140 yeah. and 240. Even the lid and the doors and well, yeah. a bunch of stuff. Anyway. So, so Volvo hasn't changed since 1967 since they introduced that body well, stuff. Well, that one they came out with and they changed it. You know, it's gone through a little evolution, right? Oops. Mm-hmm. And they finished it in 93. That's it. Okay, by the way, I'm bringing a trailer. There's a four-door sedan race car or SCCA uh, four-door sedan, 67, 68 for sale up there. And that's actually a good-looking car now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So. But they're, they're boxy, of course. But anyway, so I got a... I got a big old door, 10-foot door. So um, I got this 12-foot long 6 by 2 I'm going to put it vertical against the middle of the door and back my rear bumper of the car to the door from the inside to help support the door. Well, the top of the wood was still loose, so I got a 4 by 4 between that wood and the top of my hatch on the wagon, right? Mm-hmm. So I got a hammer. I'm beating it down, getting it tight and everything. I go, oh, this is great. And it's got a flush mount glass. It's not recessed because it's a later car. Oh, you broke your glass. Oh. Is that where you go with the story? Well, it's like hanging out with Barney B. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Cannon, cannon. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, this is even, well, um, no, actually. Now, you got you to tell people who Barney B. Jones is because they don't know who. That's Buddy Epson, yeah. the plenty detective. Right. Or, and so, he drove LTD. And he drove Ford LTD. Okay. Yeah, two doors. <laughs> anyway. Now, Tommy's laughing because Tommy knows who Barney B. Jones yeah. is. <laughs> but anyway, so I had it, I had it really good. At least well, you didn't say Barney the, the whatever that big purple lizard thing yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, Barney the lizard. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I got this piece of wood set up just right, and the guy next door says, hey, better be careful not break your glass. I go, I got it, I got it. So I just, you know, he leaves. I'm screwing around with it. I go, okay, finally. I, I go, it's tight, and I just go to move it with my hand a little bit, and all of a sudden I hear, <laughs> and the glass just, it's all, it's, it, no, it took, it, it took its time. It had window tint on it, right? Oh. So I drove it around <laughs> for a couple of days like that, never opened the tr- lid to slam it or nothing. And so I had another lid out back that I got from a Volvo I took apart 25 years ago. And it's got the recessed glass. It looks better. So this guy next door, him and his kid, toted it up. And it's only four bolts to hold it in. And so I had them bolted in, put the lifts on it, and then I wired it myself. And it's gray. The car is gold, but it's gray and the car is gold. Well, wait a minute. What, so the glass is different when you said it's recessed? Yeah, it looks better. It's actually got a better style. It's got... This is, we're talking about a 240 wagon style well, yeah, doesn't really be, work. Hey, what do you? I, I drive a Pinto wagon. Okay, so let's. Uh, yeah, let's and it's baby blue. And yeah. it's baby blue. That's a four speed. It's a, but it's four speed, yeah. two liter with air. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's lowered. You got mag wheels on it, but uh, somewhere and, you'll. you'll we'll but anyway, so the, the, it looks different. It matches the rest of the car. Okay. And oh, so, condition wise. Well, no. As for it's got a it's got an aluminum trim around it and everything. The other one didn't. Mm-hmm. And it just looks better. It matches the side glass because it's in set, too. So basically what you're saying is so if I'm looking at it, your other one was flush mount. This one's got kind of like an indentation. So in right. other words, the body actually kind of wraps around and the, right, the glass right. is in set. And it looks cool. It gives a little contour, a little definition, as they yeah. say. But it's a Volvo wagon and style. Is, mm, you know, it's a Volvo. You know, as my eyes get worse, it looks better. It looks better. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere I, there's a parallel. There's an analogy there. That's kind of like if you're at a bar... And you have one, two, three, four, five drinks, and then we'll let that's we'll end it at that. Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and queue up the uh, what's that goofy thing called a record player, and yeah. we'll throw a little uh, country Joe McDonald on there. And the fish. And the fish. Yeah. But now the name of the song is well, the short version is Sweet Lorraine, and that was because we were actually going to have the car show queen come on tonight, and her name is Lorraine. She's a good friend of mine who works for Vantage Motors out of. South Florida and their Rolls-Royce restoration shop. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on down in South Florida with the storm and Rolls-Royces and all the other cool stuff. But she's not available because she's at one of those uh, special EMS meetings tonight. So in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and play the song, and then we're going to have my good friend uh, Pete Dorguzzi from Haycock Insurance come on in a few minutes. 
So fire that bad boy up. Fight it, chick. I uh, gotta get out there and drag it with the gases. Uh, otherwise, dollar might blow by cool. I'm gonna build us a car that I'm going to take to the drag races next Saturday, and that I personally will win back our car from this lead-foot bailer by beating him at his own game. <laughs> okay, you can bring her out now, Grandpa. I really got to hand it to you, Grandpa. This is quite an attractive vehicle. Detroit could take a lesson from this design. Look, there's Grandpa at the starting line. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Now, Alan, I have no idea why IQ did it, but let me tell you what happened. Um, we have a little issue in the production room here, so I do most of my production stuff at home now, right, on my computer. And I have the program and all that stuff, and, of course, you know, Bobby showed me how to push all the right buttons, let's just say. <laughs> anyway, um, and so in a hurry to get here, I forgot my, um, what do I call it, a thumb drive? Yeah, plug-in on the side my, of the plug-in. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So I had to go in the this computer real quick and i had to whip up something real quick so that was uh and for some reason i just uh i don't know i was thinking that the, the, the tv show 
and the music just kind of got in the back of my head, and I just said, okay, that's fine. And, of course, you know, who, what better liner to have? Because who built the, the Monster Mobile was George Barris. Although he's no longer with us, he built the Monster Mobile. Anyway, all right, hey, in case you just tuned in, you're tuning into Nostalgia Radio and Cars, and uh, I got Alan sitting with me, and I got uh, uh, Tommy on the board, and we have a special guest. What, you want to say something? Yeah, a little trivia here. Okay. The Monster Mobile, I was talking to um, Tweety. Tweety. Okay. Right. And um, who was a former race car painter for team race car painter yeah, for Carol Shelby, Shelby right. personal friend of ours. A lot of stories. Anyway, I wrote a lot of stuff down when he talked. Anyhow, he's one, up there with George Barris, too. Yeah. And anyway, so um, when Lance Ventlow, Barbara Hutton's son, mm-hmm. and the Woolworth heiress, and Jill St. John. Oh, the, no, you're not going to tell that story, are you? Yeah. They, no, no, I'm not going to tell that story. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is a reference to Mustermobile. Anyway, when they got married, the Mustermobile, they left the. Wedding and that sitting in the back. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. How about that? Okay, that's yeah. cool. Nice little bit of trivia. Okay, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so since we just got hammered by this, uh, a little wind. This, yeah, this little this chick coming from uh, North Africa. Um, I thought it'd be more very appropriate to talk a little bit about insurance. So I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, my good friend, and uh, I guess president of Haycock Insurance Classic or Haycock Classic, uh, Pete Tarkusi. Pete, are you there? Hey, I'm here, Robert. How are you tonight? Pretty good. So, uh, did, for, <clears throat> did you enjoy the monsters? I did enjoy the monsters. It's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of fun to listen to that. I, I don't think I've ever paid attention to all those clips put together. <laughs> how about that? Anyway, so how are you doing over there in Lakeland? I heard that uh, Irma made a right turn and kind of went your direction for a while. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> you know, from the looks of things, uh, I'm doing great, but it, it feels like it went right over my house. And uh, I'll be I'll be selfish and say that it did, but. Uh, all is well that ends well. Not too much damage and uh, got power back on pretty quickly. And I know that's, uh, that can't be said for a lot of people in Florida. But uh, very, very lucky. Very happy to be on this side of it. Okay. Well, you're lucky because I have a 75, which is something we're going to talk about here in a little bit. I have a 75-foot, uh, my neighbor's 75-foot hickory tree sitting on my house. And I have my neighbor's 65-foot hickory tree laying across my patio and my barbecue, which that's probably why I'm mad because I can't use my barbecue, which, you know, I have barbecue and beer. That's my weekend thing once in a while. But anyway, all right. So how about the car situation? Any cars get destroyed? Did you know? Because South Florida got hammered pretty bad down there in Naples, and there was a lot of a lot of water, I understand. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to, to get, we, we started getting claim reports in uh, pretty quickly on Tuesday when people started getting back to, uh, when the storm dissipated and we started getting back to our houses, um, you know, really, I have to say so far, it's been, uh, it's been pretty quiet. We, we expected and braced ourselves for quite a bit of activity, but we did a lot of preparation with our insureds along the way, uh, and said, and we sent out quite a few messages to try to remind people to get their cars to safe ground, uh, knowing that this was pretty imminent coming up the whole peninsula of Florida. So, um, and, and I think so far, you know, we'll, uh, We'll see in, in a few months' time how many did get destroyed or how many end up being total losses. But, uh, you know, the, the collector car world is pretty diligent about taking care of their vehicles and uh, in a time of emergency in which so far it looks like uh, most people were pretty, were pretty diligent in, in getting their cars out of harm's way. Um, All right. Let me ask you a question, and I know this, and I'm not sure how I'll throw this out there. If you called your customer, you contact your customer, let's say I'm in South Florida, we know that the storm is imminent. There's nothing we can do about it. So it gets down to me saving and rescuing and doing whatever I need to do to preserve my classic car over my Ford F-250. Chances are, what is your client, your customer going to do? They're going to save the collectible car because of the nature of the insurance and the coverage, or are they going to go and try to preserve their daily driver, their F-250 Ford? So given that scenario, give us a kind of an outcome. Yeah, we, uh, and, and I can, uh, I was in contact with an insured down in the Miami area, and he uh, he saved all of his collector cars, but he sustained damage to two of his trucks on his uh, personal auto policy. And I think most people, when given the uh, the opportunity, they, they'll, they'll care for their collector car or their race car, uh, more so than they do their daily driver, and they'll they'll do what they can to protect protect it. Um, you know, the the daily auto is something that normally can be can be replaced. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything everything's material, and it can all be replaced. But you know, collector cars definitely have some uh, 
little further sentimental attachment, and uh, some of those things are heirlooms, and they can't be replaced. And, and doing, you know, whatever we can to, to save them, uh, that, that tends to be the priority if uh, if given the option. Okay. Now, in terms of coverage, if I have my car covered through Haycock Insurance, okay, classic mm-hmm. Haycock Classic, versus my normal coverage on my streetcar, uh, is the coverage in terms of the extent of the damage the same, or are there exclusions in there? You know, for um, auto policies in general, and uh, and I can speak to to our auto policy for collector cars and race cars, um, have coverages that are a little bit broader than what you would have on a, on a homeowner's policy when it comes to things like floods. So a homeowner's policy, in most people's minds, they understand that there's no coverage for flood, and that's a that's a, another purchase or another policy that you have to purchase for your uh, for your home and your property inside your home. Uh, when it comes to cars and, and auto policies, and this is getting into insurance lingo, but um, the policy form that we all use or that we generate a policy from and, and establish its basis, and then we add endorsements onto it to create, uh, say, the collector car policy, um, it covers things like flood. That's that's in there. That's part of the policy. Um, in some states, the only exclusion that you'll find for coverage for physical damage is earthquake, and <laughs> uh, and, and it just so happens that you know we, we do cover earthquake within our policy. Uh, you'd find that on the West Coast most, most often. States that have that as an exclusion. Really? So, so if I live yeah. out in Monterey and sits, and it sits on a fault, basically. Um, that whole area does, and it falls into a crevice, it's covered. It's covered. Wow. Yep. Well, now I'm moving back to California. (laughs) (laughs) And and after after this week or or month of storms, uh, California might be a safe place to go. (laughs) Well, they just had a three-pointer on a 3.6 earthquake shake up Los Angeles here, what, yesterday or today or something like that? And uh, so, interesting. All right, so tell us a little bit more about insurance. Okay, so basically the cars are pretty much covered. Now, you do mostly automotive. You don't get into are you are you kind of like um uh abreast to the to the the homeowner side a little bit? Can you give us some insight on that side as well? Yeah, you know what my background did uh uh span a little bit of time doing, you know, your regular home and auto and commercial and life and health insurance. So I have enough knowledge to, to make me a little bit dangerous, Okay, you could say. Yeah. So as in the case, what typically happens? Now, I have my neighbor's tree on my yard or on my house and in my yard. So does he? what's the extent of the liability on his side? And I'm uh, sure there's actually, a lot. You'll, you'll, find this, you'll find this possibly interesting. Uh, it, regardless of where the, the uh, origination of that, that tree maybe started could be in your neighbor's yard could be in, in another county um there is no liability uh per se it's actually whatever is in your yard is your uh is your responsibility so if it wound up in your yard by an act of god uh if it's a leaf or if it's a, a full-blown 65 foot uh live oak it is now your responsibility now that doesn't uh you know, most homeowners, if they see something like that happen, they they pitch in and they help out. But if there was a claim to be to be made, um, if you couldn't afford to to extract it from your own yard, it would actually come from your homeowner's insurance that would be capped for the claim on that. Okay, and the so how does that work? So if in Florida, because we have windstorm, fortunately where I live, I don't have to have. Uh, uh, flood insurance. I don't have that, but windstorm. We have to have these immense high deductibles. So, how? Give take us through the procedure now a little bit. Okay, so we got a, We got a big tree sitting on the house, and it's got to get removed, and the house has got to get repaired. So, and then we have a let's say a high deductible because I think the deductibles in Florida were two percent something like that, right? Yeah, most most cases, most cases it's a one or two percent or even higher if you elect. Mm-hmm. So the, the so the deductible can be. Uh, be extraordinary, uh, but uh, as the as the policy or as the the claim process then would would take place, um, you know, we'll be getting. You know, the, I guess I should start by saying that <clears throat> in most policies, they 
they call out an obligation of the uh, the policyholder to uh, mitigate any further damages from from taking place. So you know, if there was a hole in the roof that uh, that the tree caused, uh, that would then let water damage to come in and and uh, and cause further damage to the house. Uh, most policies will reimburse for fixing that or temporary repairs to to stop further damage so that the claim doesn't continue to grow based upon you know, exterior forces. Um, but then once that's uh, been mitigated, you know, a claims adjuster would uh, would then handle the claim from there, start the process of finding out uh, what's it going to take to remove the tree, is there structural damage, and then what's it take to make the safe, make the house safe or the structure safe again. Uh, and that process then, it's really a backwards math uh, equation. They you get a, a final estimate and uh, subtract out the the deductible for wind, uh, if it's wind or if it's water damage, and then uh, the insurance company then would work with you to, to uh, pay a contractor or pay somebody that was licensed to do the work to repair the, the structure and move the move the, the foliage out of your yard. All right, so you said if the anything that blows into my yard is mine. So if my neighbor's car blows into my yard, is that mine too? <laughs> if his if his nineteen nineteen uh, thirty two four liter Bentley <laughs> rolls into my yard, is that now my car? It's now your responsibility. To, oh, when it comes to when it when it comes to registered vehicles, that's, uh, <laughs> that, Darn. That, that's a that's a yeah, that's a little bit of a caveat there. That would not be your uh, you couldn't uh, claim claim that vehicle as your own. Okay, how about a boat? The boat washes a up boat? in your backyard. Let's just say you live on the water someplace, and a boat washes up. And uh, what happens to that? Is that your my responsibility also? But I don't get to keep the boat, right? You don't, you don't get to keep the boat because it's uh. registered owner, but uh, <laughs> but any damages you get to you get to play with and, and pay claim to. Damn, damn. Yeah. Well, you know what? They always said insurance is unfair, but you know, oh well, let's wait. All right. So, and so, in the case of this with the tree, so does the does the insurance company take care of all the expenses up front, or does your deductible come into play immediately? How does that work? And what happens to people that don't have the resources? To uh, cover the deductible, what 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 outlet do they have? Sure. So, you know, it really gets down to a case by case basis, and I hate to sound cliche about this. No, but, it's okay. Uh, you know, there are there are in, in cases of emergencies and natural disasters. Uh, you know, there are funds that are set up either by the state or or nationally uh, that are assistance. <clears throat> excuse me, assistance based funds for people to uh, apply for, and uh, and it's. Uh, I believe it's all uh, on a needs basis, you know, so if somebody could prove that they, uh, you have to obviously provide financial statements and, and be able to say that, yes, I, I cannot afford this. Or uh, in that case, you know, then uh, the process of the claims adjuster being able to uh, figure out who to pay and where the funds are coming from to uh, cover the, the deductible, that's all a working process that's usually kind of a, a fluid process. Uh, Type of scenario where it's it's a working process, and you know, obviously, a, a bank or a financial institution that maybe holds a note on a on a piece of property doesn't want the property to become less valuable. So they're it's in their best interest to have the repairs done and then sort out the the minor details of payment later. Uh, it's just a, <clears throat> a little bit of a logical flow of things there, but obviously there are wheels and the cogs and whatnot that can go off off track and everybody wants to get paid and, and some contractors, you know, they're going to, they're going to want money up front. So before they start performing a job or they might want a little bit of money just to start the process. Mm-hmm. So usually that's usually if um, the insurance adjuster is on his game and the insurance company is on their game, they'll make that happen. Uh, some of these things that we're seeing, you know, within the state of Florida or even Texas, you know, these, these damages are going to take months, if not years, to uh, to be fixed, repaired, and paid. And, you know, most contractors can't float projects for a year themselves. So it's a, it's a working relationship between the insurance company, the claims department, and uh, the contractor and the homeowner. Okay. 
What about someone that's a tenant, a renter, for example? And so I know, and I don't know, is, is renter's insurance mandatory in Florida or is it elective? It's elective. Okay. So let's assume you have no renter's insurance and your, your, your roof blew off your apartment. So now what happens to you? Yeah, you, you've now got, uh, you know, depending on what your lease says between yourself and your uh, your landlord would determine if there's any type of obligation of the landlord to provide any coverage for your property. Most in most cases, if they don't, uh, that's completely and wholly onto the, the tenant to provide any type of coverage. So in many cases, if somebody doesn't have coverage and the roof blows off or the windows blow in, um, you know, and their and their belongings or their personal property is destroyed. Uh, that's on them, and there's there's no um, there's no insurance for that. You know, obviously there's state funds that uh, possibly could be you know made available for somebody in need, but that's the reason for having insurance is to protect your assets. Okay, so the renter's insurance, which from what I understand is not too awful expensive, is definitely um, worthwhile to a to a to a prospective tenant, correct? You bet. And, and of course, I'm, you know, I'm an insurance agent, so I can, I can easily spend your insurance dollars. But when it comes down to protecting, uh, you know, what, what you have in personal property, be it a, a home or your, your clothing or your collector vehicle, um, insurance is there for the catastrophic cases and the catastrophic happenings. And, uh, I tell people all the time, if, if you can sustain or, um, cover a loss, you know, from your, your savings account and you're comfortable with that of, of quote unquote self-insuring a portion of your risk, whatever your risk portfolio may be, that's, that's good to know. Um, usually that's what people put as their deductibles, what they're comfortable, you know, paying for in the event of a claim. But that's what insurance is for is to then cover those things that you're not easily recovering from if, uh, if the total loss occurs. Okay. Pete, we're up against the clock. Why don't you give out the uh, information on Haycock Insurance real quick, and then we'll say goodbye, and I'll see you at uh, some of the car shows. Yeah, thank you, Robert. Well, uh, anybody that wants to get a hold of us, uh, we're at HaycockClassic.com on the web, H-E-A-C-O-C-K, Classic.com. And phone numbers for anybody listening are 800-678-5173. I'd love to hear from you. Okay. Pete, thank you very much. I want to thank my special guest, Pete Darguzzi, from Haycock Insurance in Lakeland, Florida. In the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning into Nostalgia Getting Cars. Don't forget to check it out every Tuesday night between 7 and 8 p.m. here on the Tantalk Radio Network. See some of the car shows. Don't forget, check out FloridaCarshows.com. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. Yeah!